When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. For Podcast Radio, this is Gene Baxter. Do you know the names Chris Barrow and Lee Milner? You should. You've heard their popular gaming show here on Podcast Radio. And you get everything you'd expect in a top-shelf show. What's hot and what's not in the universe of computer gaming. The reviews of recent releases, interviews with industry insiders, and a retro revival of games re-released from your youth. That's all included. But here's something you don't see every day. They're co-hosts, but they're also husband and wife. And that leads to some very funny moments. Well, you like your retro games, don't you? Love retro. Do you know who else loves retro? Who? Your dad. Does he? <laughs> He's been playing... Does he really? He's been playing PlayStation 1. Have you seen... What? I asked your mum to secretly... How do you know this and I don't? Because I asked your mum to secretly film your dad playing the PlayStation... And this is what happened. Chris and Lee, and sometimes their pet rabbit, are the host of the Naked Gaming Podcast. So, I had an obvious first question when we got together recently for this interview. Are you guys naked now, and am I required to be so also? Uh, we're not entirely naked, but we are We are doing this in dressing gowns. I'm sure uh, Chris <laughs> won't mind me saying that. <laughs> Lee said, before we started this interview, she said, uh, do we have to do video on this call? And I went, no, it's fine. She went, right, dressing gown it is then. So actually, in a way, you've caught us um, almost uncut from home in the Naked Gaming Podcast studio. You know, it's it's so interesting because Zoom has changed the world in 2020, and I don't know how we would have survived this this pandemic year without it. But the introduction of video to almost all phone calls is not something that most of us were excited about. It's not something most no. of us want to continue to do. I mean, the the beauty of talking to somebody on the phone is that they can't see what you've got going on in your place. Do you get that panic, though, when, like, literally, when I was dialing you, I thought, oh, is it going to open with a video? Because it might get the double chin. <laughs> it might get the hair scraped back, the no makeup. I mean, I'm talking about you here. but Thank you. <laughs> Thanks very much. Indeed. You kind of get that panic, don't you? It's just audio, right? Yes, it's just audio. And I, and I will tell you that I do delight in the stories, and I'm sure you've seen them as much as I have, of how many people who have been fired from their jobs because of oh. things that are going on at their house. I mean, we just had that member of parliament in one, one of the countries in South America or something who had his mistress come in and sat on yeah. his lap, and he starts yeah. making out with her during a meeting. I, I mean, people just have no <laughs> concept of the fact that the rest of the no. world can see them sometimes. My favorite thing here in the UK is we had one MP... And he thought that his video had broken. So he just shouted, Janet, it's broken. <laughs> but of course, it wasn't broken. So the world heard him shouting at Janet. But there we go. We don't do that. We're very well behaved, obviously. Obviously. Now, uh, before we get into talking about naked gaming, uh, do I have this right? The BBC would collapse without the two of you. Between you, you are holding down like 20 slots on radio and television. It seems like there's never a time in this country where we can't find either Chris or Lee on a television set or radio near me. You've done your research. I like you. Yeah, well, basically, we we both work for the BBC. Uh, Chris works in radio. I work in telly. 
Um, and we met actually uh, through the BBC about what was it four years ago? Five, four, four. Well, four. get this when, right. When now. did we get married? We got married in February, so it was yeah. before that. I know yeah. that. Okay, about four years ago. So um, I started out as um, a local reporter at my local BBC radio station in Lincoln, a place called Lincolnshire, which is in the kind of the Midlands of, uh, of England. Um, and Chris was freelancing at the time as a presenter. Um, and yeah, we kind of got together then. And then I've, I've kind of progressed from radio into television. Um, and now I work in the east of England as a television newsreader. And, and you're saying uh, that I haven't progressed. And no, I'm you still- have progressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on every channel the BBC offers. It seems like national and local. Chris. Yes. I mean, you're t- think about how many guys like me who are out here just trying to scrape together two pennies, <laughs> trying to make a living here, and you're taking all the damn jobs. Do you, do you want me to have a word with somebody? Could you, if you would. Now, uh, Lee, you kind of actually uh, anticipated one of my questions, which was going to be how you guys got together. It sounds like it was uh, it was a workplace <laughs> romance. You met through the BBC. It was. It didn't have anything to do. See, I was imagining that you guys met due to your mutual love of gaming somehow. Like one of you oh. killed the other one in Call of Duty or something like that. Can you imagine that? I would have got. I would have beaten you at Call of Duty, but if we'd have gone head to head in a racing game, you would have beaten me. I would have smashed you. Yeah, she's very good at racing games, and she actually Lee's a huge fan of old school, like you know, Crash Bandicoot and things retro like games. That. Yeah, but we did like we did independently game, and it, I suppose it was one of our common interests. But uh, I think it was definitely being in the same building every day he basically was a bit of posh totty oh, and i so. thought okay, yeah i'm having a bit of that but you you had a girlfriend at the time so i i was living the single life yeah a year later you broke up i kind of poured the wine there there come, there come there here. Come, come here and you know bang got him i don't think you should say the word bang but anyway we're there <laughs> poured the wine is a wonderful expression for how you managed to to land a man that was well done lee <laughs> Forgive me if this is a uh, is a, a dumb question because I think I admitted to you on social media ahead of this interview that I I know nothing about video games. I mean, the last game I played, it was either Pong or Ms. Pac-Man, and oh. I assume they haven't changed much since then, right? <laughs> it's it's basically the same. If you this is Lee's territory talking about games like that. So if you like playing uh, Pong and Ms. Pac-Man, you can actually get I believe it's the 40th anniversary yeah. special edition yeah. of Pong and Ms. Pac-Man. So actually, for you. There's a there's a gateway back into gaming to go through those classic games, but then actually they've redone all the graphics yeah. and it's all much shinier nowadays. I suppose gameplay wise, there is a lot of similarities actually between classic games and what's out now. So I do think it's interesting, and I know that you've spent some time on uh, various episodes of the podcast talking about retro gaming. That is a huge part of the industry right now. I mean, the industry has been around long enough now that people have their favorites that make them feel warm and fuzzy games they played as a kid, and they, they're so happy to have them back on their current systems, right? Well, so we do this every month, and the reason why is because it's such a popular thing. And for us, you know, we grew up with gaming. Yeah, you know, we did Pac-Man and Space Invaders and Pong, and we, we've done all the classics. But then as you grow up, we had, you know, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. So learn how to skate with Tony Hawk's. They've literally just re-released that game and remastered it and had better graphics. Crash Bandicoot well, look, is... I was is, just about to say, Crash Bandicoot, they're releasing the new, uh, the fourth edition in literally, was it? Two, no, day, two days' time. The second of and it's October. Gonna be, 
massive, huge. That's going to be the biggest release probably of the year uh, because it has so many, you know, followers who have kind of grown up with it, like like myself. It taps into that childhood love of games. But then also, uh, you mentioned Doom at the start of the interview and the Doom of this year, but actually Doom is one of the most popular games ever. Uh, and it was the original kind of first-person shooter and people played mm. that growing up as kids. Now you can get that downloaded to your phone for two or three quid or something like yeah, that. So yeah. if you want a kind of post-apocalypse simulator, which some people feel like we're in, get Doom on your phone because it's there. <laughs> we live I, uh, I hope that we're in a simulation right now and that this isn't real life, you guys. I mean, from, <laughs> Me from your mouth to God's ears, let's make that be true. Uh, you have also covered on uh, previous episodes gaming addiction. And I know that can be a serious problem for mm. some people, but when, when somebody like mm. Prince Harry comes out and recommends banning addictive games, that just to me, that just makes mm. him sound foolish and uninformed do you agree well this is such an interesting topic and i think it is that the world health organization does recognize gaming disorder Mm. as an actual uh, condition that people have there are gaming treatment centers in fact we spoke to one of the treatment centers on that particular episode that you're talking about and we did also mention prince harry's comments about gaming addiction a lot of gaming companies i mean okay so they would say come on this isn't really fair on us and i think he wanted to ban Fortnite for he a did, while didn't he, he said, in particular yeah he yeah. said Fortnite is is not a good thing and i can see where it comes from because what he's saying is those games want you to come back and play time and time again they want you to spend one pound every day with them or you know five pounds a week with them and they're just trying to get those microtransactions out of you all the time that is the best way to make money you know games with microtransactions are the the, the most money-making games that there are but then on the flip side you as a gamer can make money i mean look at the the guy that we spoke to how old was he who oh, made a million um, pounds from playing Fortnite? yeah wolfies uh, he, wolfies yeah this is this is a teenager who goes to school every day and he plays Fortnite in these competitions and he won was it just 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 under a million do- dollars i think so yeah yeah and now he's bought his mum a new house he's bought a stranger a new house yeah it's massive i saw that lee and i thought and i was trying to imagine because i remember what the conversation was like with my own parents when i told them that i was dropping out of university because i felt i had a chance at a career in radio and i see how <laughs> poorly that went over with them imagine going to your parents and saying i've decided i'm going to play video games yeah. for a living no one's going to sign off on that the difference is though in gaming you can make a million pounds i don't think in radio you can quite make that much money if anyone knows and you'd like to tell us how to do it that would be great no but it's a really good point though that actually um parents nowadays don't necessarily see gaming as a viable career option and that is again we did a whole special thing about taking on esports as a career you'll find that people are earning money and quite a lot of money playing football on a video game rather than being a premier league footballer you can be a professional Mm -hmm. video game footballer and actually that is also and have a much longer career as well right definitely there's no you don't have to retire at 30 do you let me go back to addiction for just one second because i'm just curious uh you sound like very well adjusted people and it probably hasn't been a problem in your life but what is the longest amount of time each of you has ever spent in one go gaming Oh, in one go. I think I've done. I think I have done twenty-four hours once. But I don't think that. I don't think that one yeah. go is a problem. I think it's if you spend ten days in a row doing ten hours. That's much worse. But how, how old was you when you did that? Uh, I would say I was about fifteen years old, and I was playing an online okay. shooter game. So recently. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. How about you, Lee? What's your What's your personal best? So I mean. 
In my younger years, probably the same. I mean, I used to spend a lot of time, but my mum and dad were really good. They kind of encouraged me to do stuff, activities outside, play sports. So I was very lucky that I kind of had a good balance. Mm. Um, as I've got older, obviously, game time has, you know, got a lot shorter because I'm too busy. Hang on. What did you just play the other day for yeah, five hours in, in a row? I was in the car, though. It was a car journey. <laughs> okay, so if it's a car journey or on the aeroplane, yeah, I will play for hours and end. I'm starting to wonder if your marriage will survive this podcast, by the way. <laughs> Just in, just in the hey, a lot of people don't believe that we're married. It's yes. true. It's true. It's genuine. A few more, a uh, few more questions. We're talking to Chris Barrow and Lee Milner. They are the hosts of the Naked Gaming Podcast, heard here on Podcast Radio. Um, I've been dying to ask somebody to explain this to me, and you are the experts on this topic. So please help me understand how Pokemon <laughs> is still a thing in the year twenty. 20. When I was a kid, Pokemon had already been out for more than my whole life. How is it still going strong? I don't understand it. You've picked it. one of Lee's favourite it. games here. So you... I love it. Would you, what, really? Is this a question? You're into Pokemon? Yeah. <laughs> We've got... Yes, yes, it's a question. How is it a thing? How is it, th- how is it that people are not tired of those dumb little Japanese characters oh, yet? No! Oh, oh, oh no. Oh. Earth, he said now? Did you just diss Pikachu? I just know that I lived, I lived in New Orleans a couple of years ago and you almost couldn't walk around in the city for a summer because everybody was out on the street holding their phone in front of their oh, face yeah. looking for these pokemon go characters and i thought even then i thought well that's the last gasp of that franchise but now it's still <laughs> huge uh excuse me the tundra expansion of the latest pokemon <laughs> game is on the way and people are very excited now what what it is about pokemon i think i think they were very clever because and actually we interviewed a, a brain scientist yeah, about pokemon and i think i actually do have the scientific answer for you what they did with pokemon they were very clever they came out with 150 Okay, 150 Pokemon, that's it. And then they had 151, and then they added on more and more. Now, the way they did it was they had a silhouette of the Pokemon. So you couldn't see what it was. It was just an outline, a black shape of a Pokemon. Now, it trained you as a kid. You know, we're talking, we were 8, 9, 10 years old here, Mm. to recognise the shape of the Pokemon, the name of the Pokemon, everything about it, before it eventually appeared. And then you went, oh, that's Pikachu. Like a Pokedex. Like a Pokedex Pokedex. in your head. Now, I asked a scientist who, who literally studied this. Pokedex is like, you know, a collection of Pokemon. He says that your brain has been trained to recognise these silhouettes. And because that was at your a key point in your life at the age of 10, now that we're 30 and a bit, uh, <laughs> it, it, your brain still has that built in and you still have that kind of wanting to recognise and, and catch the Pokemon and that kind of thing. So they've still got that captive audience. And, and they keep there. expanding, yeah. expanding, expanding. Now, how many Pokemon do they have? They have... Oh, f- f- 500 now. H- hundreds, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Hundreds. And have you, have you played the most recent Pokemon oh, yeah. game? Uh, if you're asking me, no, I've never played a Pokemon game. I, I don't. Oh, I my goodness me. Am I missing out? You're missing out. When you meet somebody like me, who is essentially a video game virgin... Do you feel sorry for me? Do you, do you look at me like I don't? I have no joy in my life because I'm not into video games. I mean, th- th- there's always time to get into gaming. It's not like that, you know. <laughs> okay. you, you haven't like there's not like a, a peak like you pass it and you can't ever. I'm play still a games. young man. I still have time to s- save myself. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you can start with Pokemon Shield, but no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. It's too complicated. Oh, no, start start earlier than that. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. But I mean, I think you can get into gaming at any age, and that is something we've 
it's that's something I've I've kind of come to learn actually doing the podcast. Well, one of the th- interestingly, one of the things we we try and do is, and one of the reasons we do the retro revival segment is to try and kind of encourage people who've never got into gaming or who have have played Pac Man like yourself to actually think oh there's a 40th edition of pac-man maybe i'll go back and see if i'm any good at it kind of thing sure sure i'm curious as to how many different scenarios there are in which you get to pretend to be somebody else like we know you can be a military man or woman we know that you can be a footballer we know that you can be a farmer but i just are there games where you can be an astronaut for instance oh yes there are um, yes, there are what we call simulators, and we have a simulator special every single month uh, where you can basically um, be anything you want. And we set we our, pick we pick random ones. Yeah, don't but we? we get Alex Rhodes to do most oh, of them. Yeah. Alex pal, Rhodes, our pal Alex Rhodes. He's, He's very funny. Oh, I, I heard the episode where, where you, you made him be a cowboy and gave him a list of tasks in the oh, Wild yeah. West. That was very entertaining. <laughs> so you're telling me you're telling me in these simulators, uh, Lee, that if I wanted to be the prime minister, if mm-hmm. I wanted to be mm-hmm. Santa Claus, if I wanted to be a porn star, whatever my job Ooh. in mind was, I could create that universe. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, especially the... Th- <laughs> The third, the third one. one, yeah. If you want to, you've got the game for you, my friend. That's an X-rated version of the Naked Game no, no, podcast. Let, let me tell you though, on the other side of the coin, let's let's keep it holy here. There's a <laughs> there's a Pope simulator. Oh yes, that's coming out very soon. Where oh yes. you, you can be the supreme pontiff. Yes, and you have uh, a I think it's a rating called belief, where if enough people pray to you, you have ah. more respect and stuff like that. So so there genuinely is a simulator for anything that you can imagine, and it's probably about three quid. That is fantastic. Would you like that? Yeah, that sounds cool. That actually sounds very cool. Why haven't you ever, like, started gaming? Yeah. I don't... I mean, honestly, I don't know. I mean, it's... Look, most people in the world have not done most things. It's just a question, I guess, of being exposed to it... at the right time in your life where maybe, you know, you you meet somebody and they introduce Mm. you to it. I just, you know, it's just not something that's ever been in my universe. So I have nothing against it at all. I mean, it's obviously, I look, I listen to how much enjoyment you and your listeners get out of it. And I, I do feel a little bit like I'm missing out, to tell you the truth. I think sometimes talking to my colleagues, um, when I when I say that I game, they are absolutely stunned that I game. They're like, really? A serious newsreader? A, a, a woman? Games? What? Mm, 100%. And, and I think it's because in the past, gaming has been kind of... Well, nerdy. It's, it's nerdy. associated with nerds. It's associated with nerds, people who just kind of never wash, sit down, uh, play the PlayStation for 24 hours, as Chris said, Hello. And, <laughs> and don't do anything else. And it's much cooler than that now. It's much cooler and more creative and people uh, learn things from it. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, we've, we've got Minecraft at the minute. That's It's a game where uh, basically kids are using it here in the UK as as, as education. They're, they're learning from it in schools. And I think gaming has just evolved over the past few years. And sometimes I just want to kind of like shake them and go, have you even tried gaming these days? Because it's, it it's a lot different from, you know, 10 years ago. Please don't misunderstand, Lee. I am in no way casting dispersions or throwing oh, no. shade at you at all. I am I'm fascinated by by this world. And I just I know nothing about it. And that's why this interview is so, uh, so interesting oh. and entertaining to me. Uh, all right. A couple more things. Was coronavirus and the lockdown, the uh, the twin banes of 2020, was that a boom mm. for gaming like it was for Netflix because people were at home all the time? It was a huge, huge boom and, and still continues to be a huge boom for gaming. And we're in such an interesting uh, climate now because recently they've announced the PlayStation 5 uh, and the Xbox uh, Series X 
um, and they've got a huge worldwide captive audience of people mm. who are sitting at home being told at, at this point in time not to necessarily go to work if you don't have to and you can't really go out for dinners as long as you would you can't go and go to concerts and stuff mm. so those that sort of money that would have been spent on that people are thinking well I've got a machine here and I can be a pilot if I want to learn how to fly exactly. a plane on a flight simulator. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that. But the only sort of problem with coronavirus and gaming was that there was um, supply and demand problems because a lot of the factories got shut oh, down yeah. when the initial outbreaks were happening in Japan and China yeah. and, and places in America because you can't have people sitting and making PlayStations and Nintendo Switches together when they can transfer this horrendous virus to each other. So there was that. But now they've kind of got around that and it's, it's a boom. It's a bit it's, huge. It's huge, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, when you mentioned the PlayStation 5, it brought to mind another question I wanted to ask you, Chris, which is, why are there still console wars going on in the 21st century? Why couldn't the geniuses <laughs> in the gaming industry have gotten together and come up with an industry standard for hardware? Isn't mm. it crazy that they're still competing systems? You would think that Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo would all get together and go, right, let's make one super console, and let's have all the games coming out on all the platforms. Now, the reason they don't do that is because... PlayStation is currently massively winning the battle. So they don't feel like they need to bring Xbox on board. And and actually, Nintendo Switch and Nintendo has overtaken Xbox at this point in time in terms of console sales. So like in everything, it would be nice if everyone could get together, but they haven't. And everyone wants to get their little niche in. Google Stadia, for example, is something that's pretty new as of the last few months. Yeah. They're trying to edge in and say, ah, you don't even need the box. You can play That's just with your thing, TV. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. For folks who don't know, this is essentially your gaming environment in the cloud, right? You no longer need a hard drive in your home where you host all these games. It's all out there available in the cloud. And and this has been tried before. And I understand this time around, it seems like it has maybe a better chance of success than previously. We were saying it's a little bit like Netflix, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Where it's all stored online. Like you say, uh, Gina, it's all online. Um, you know, gone are the days when you've got those big chunky cd cases um and that's kind of the way gaming is going um and and yeah it has been tried before failed um (laughs) but this time it's looking promising well the difference nowadays is that you can download a big game onto your hard drive you don't have to send out for the disc Mm. so instead of you know let's say you order the latest uh you know 40th anniversary edition of of pac-man miss pac-man for example you don't have to wait for that to come in the post (laughs) speaking my language But I kind of don't trust these big companies. I feel like I and others have been burned by thinking that we owned something that was digital, whether it's with iTunes or with someone else with Amazon. And then it all of a sudden their deal with that company expires and now your product doesn't exist anymore that you've paid for. Am, am I wrong or has that happened in the past with other media? That I mean, think about Netflix as the perfect example for that. You've got your favorite show on there. In fact, we were on holiday back in the days when you could travel more easily and we were watching Friends Abroad. Yeah. And then we came back to the UK and it wasn't available in the UK. Yeah. And I thought, hang on, I want I want to watch the rest of friends and that happens with games as well if the licenses expire or if you've got your favorite online game and suddenly the company goes we're not going to support that anymore you can't really do anything about it But that's what has put a lot of people off isn't it that's what's put a lot of people off a lot of people off the stadia because if the stadia withdraws its service next year all your gameplay you've paid all that money for nothing you don't own those discs because they don't exist yeah that's that's scary I think Ross and Rachel broke up, by the way, in that next episode that you didn't see, what? Chris. I'm, so, I'm sorry what? to break oh, it to you. So much. No. 
bad news. All right, in our remaining moments with Chris and Lee from the Naked Gaming Podcast here on Podcast Radio, the other big story, uh, aside from coronavirus in 2020, has been the Black Lives Matter movement. And I was curious, because I've, I've spoken on this topic to people involved in many other industries, but never in gaming. How represented are people of color in the gaming world? That is a really interesting question. I would say not very, and uh, the industry is behind. And there are some uh, streamers, broadcasters, um, you know, gamers who are really passionate about this, and they are pushing the big companies to actually change the way that people are represented in games. So, for example, we did a whole Black Lives Matter special, special on our podcast not so long ago. We spoke to one gamer who has been campaigning for a long time to get a game called The Sims, The Sims mm-hmm. 4. Uh, that's basically where you can create a character and they roam around the house and they kind of interact sure, with I've seen Sure, I've seen Sims. I, I even know uh, what those are. Yeah, those oh, are big. Cool. All right, we're in, we're in now. So with The Sims, it, originally there wasn't that many skin tones available for your characters. There wasn't that many hairstyles available for your characters. Uh, you couldn't have certain eye colours, for example, just because perhaps when the company was making it they weren't thinking about that as something that particularly mattered well you've got gamers there's one called ebonics uh, who's a simmer and she actually makes her own hairstyles for the african-american community and and releases them for free for people to use in the sims 4 so she and and there's a whole community that does that now the game the the big company the sims has committed to having more skin tones in their games going forward so there's progress but it's not happening quickly enough but we are seeing gamers kind of voice their opinions quite loudly mm. on games like sims um because also on um the animal crossing oh, animal crossing they yeah. actually had a protest on there as well during the black lives matter um protest that they, they are coming and they're they're, they're voicing their concerns it, it's almost online like online. not even in the real world like going online Literally and gathering creating, together yeah. to protest yeah. yeah well it's it sounds to me like that's all very good news i'm happy to hear that sounds like progress and it yeah. sounds like it sounds like other areas of the entertainment industry, whether you're talking about representation in motion pictures or you're talking about emojis on your iPhone, yeah, I feel yeah. like a lot of people who were involved in the creation of those, as you said, Chris, were white guys who made things yeah. that looked like them. And now yeah. they're starting to wake up, open their eyes, and realize it's a much wider world. All right, last question. More needs to be done. Last, Absolutely. The podcast has been going strong since January of 2020. And I'm curious what kind of reaction you get from gamers, because I I would imagine that people who are really into your world have very strong feelings about their games and about their characters and about their plot lines. What kind of feedback do you get from the Naked Gaming audience? (laughs) Well, usually we ask stupid questions. So whilst we do appreciate serious feedback, very often we're saying, you know, what's the game that you haven't got time to play at the moment? Or, you know, what's the other thing we did recently? Um, we've done things like, you know, is there a game that you throw in the bin and stuff like that? Yeah. You know, so we, we're kind of a bit silly with it. But I suppose that people are most passionate about new releases. And should they spend 60 quid nowadays on a brand new mm. game? Is that a bit steep? I remember when games used to be 30 quid or less for a brand new or one. Well, the PS4, that's 450 quid. Yeah. We were talking earlier today about accessibility. And growing up, I was extremely lucky to have parents who bought me the Sega and bought me Nintendo. But mm. some people can't afford it. And 450 quid, man, that's really expensive yeah. for a console. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, actually, Chris, it's kind of a side thing. But from a, a woman's perspective of doing gaming, I do get quite a lot of feedback from 
people who I meet doing my actual job mm. saying, oh, you're, you're the girl that does the, uh, the, the gaming podcast. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. They As go, in, you're the girl. The, yeah, the, you know, and that is literally it because I don't think a lot of girls or women um, have a place to talk about gaming. Um, it's a very male-dominated place. And, and, and I think the more women we can get involved, the better. Yeah, because 100%. I definitely think there needs to be more representation in that area. Mm. I think that statement is true for everything. The more women you can get involved, the better. I'm down for that. All right, last question, and I saved this for the end because I didn't want to be responsible <laughs> for breaking up your relationship. Have either of you ever had a crush on a virtual character, and oh. who do you think is all the right, hottest calm down. Calm of all down. the virtual characters? Of course. All right, Chris's tongue just left Look his mouth. Heck. Come on. No. Who are, we, think- uh, who are we thinking of right now? I'm just thinking, well, actually, my immediate thought was Jessica Rabbit, which isn't from a computer game. That's not, no. No, no. You always say this. I know, but hang on, hang on. Let me just, let me just try and repair my marriage. Um, I would say that, uh, I mean, look, which young gentleman hasn't looked at Tomb Raider, Lara Croft, and thought, you're quite attractive. And Angelina Jolie playing her in the movie certainly didn't hurt the image of Lara Croft. All right, how about how about you, Lee? How about a virtual crush to end our interview on? Um, I'm t- the, the, the problem with me is that I play loads of side-scrolling platformers, which is basically like Crash Bandicoot, yeah, quite uh, Mario. I mean, Luigi. I wouldn't say no to Luigi. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? An Italian. Do you know what he'd say? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> That is oh a fantastic way to end our chat here. Uh, Naked Gaming is the podcast <laughs> heard throughout the week on Podcast Radio. Chris and Lee, it's so nice to meet both of you virtually here today. I, I really oh, have thanks enjoyed for having it. Us. And, and I appreciate you going easy on me knowing how outmatched I was on this topic. But I, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. I need to get you into Pokemon. If it's the last thing I do, I'm going to I'm gonna somehow get you playing Pokemon. Oh, I can't hear you, Lee. Wow. Sorry, you're breaking up. We got some static or something. <laughs> oh, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> 